Welcome to the Spurs 9501 podcast. From Kane to the lane, the final say on all things Tottenham. Welcome back to the Spurs 9501 podcast. This is Ray in London. I've got a special guest, Danny Pinto, from the Sell Us Out pod, who's also a Tottenham fan. Welcome, Danny. Ray, nice to be on the show. Appreciate it. Great stuff. So, Danny, just give us a bit of intro about yourself, what you do, and how you became to be a long-suffering Tottenham fan like all of us. <laughs> you know, it uh, it all started back uh, with the invention of uh, of satellite television here in the states. Uh, we had uh, we had just picked up uh, satellite TV, I would say, in the uh, early two thousands uh, at the at the household, and uh, you know, the Premier League was, uh, I believe, at that at that time on uh, on ESPN. And, um, you know, the one thing that, uh, that drew me to Spurs, uh, was, um, now it's not going to be a great connection here, but, uh, it was, uh, one elder Pustiga, uh, <laughs> the, the, the most famous of all strikers. When I, when I hear Harry Kane, I'm like, yeah, but what about elder Pustiga, you know? Yeah, yeah, but, sure. uh, but it was that in, in a, in a, um, kind of like a partnership that, um, the club had with, um, uh, an MLS club here in uh, in the states uh, with uh, the San Jose Earthquakes. Uh, you know, I'm out in California, about two hours away from San Jose. Um, the the partnership there, also with uh, with Billy Bean, uh, the general manager of the of the Oakland A's, kind of started getting a little uh, more traction. Even though I think Billy's a, an Arsenal fan, so I, I let's hope you know we we don't hold him hold him too much accountable for that. But you know, it was very easy getting into into soccer into football out here to go Man City, Manchester United, Chelsea, Liverpool. But something about Tottenham just it drew me and uh, and I've been I've been, you know, I've been Tottenham strong pretty much uh, for the last uh, 10 15 years. Oh, good man, Danny. Good man, good man. I mean, once you choose a club, you can't chase it. You know, you can't change it. You're not a plastic fan. So for better or for worse, <laughs> once you choose a club, that's it. So that's great to hear. Absolutely. Excellent. Just tell us a little bit, our fans and our viewers, about the podcast that you do, the Portuguese podcast. Do you want to, have to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, so about three years ago, uh, May of 2018, uh, I began the uh, the Celeste podcast. And uh, what the podcast is about is pretty much it covers uh, the Portuguese national team. So, um, you know, we've been doing it for about three years. Uh, I've had a lot of... Uh, a lot of pundits and uh, come on, come on board and talk about uh, Portuguese soccer uh, in the English platform because uh, you know my folks um, immigrated to the states uh, in the in the mid seventies. I'm first generation sure. born here, so the one thing that I always uh, was instilled in and instilled with, I should say, was the love of, of football, the love of soccer. Sure. Um, sure. And once I began uh feeling the the passion that i had for for the game and for the national team specifically um the one thing i wanted growing up was a, an english speaking outlet because as as fluent as i am in portuguese um the the understanding of the idiom uh is sometimes lacks in terms of context mm. and you know so um you know i i started reading um you know, a gentleman by the name of Tom Cundert, uh, based in, uh, in Lisbon, but, uh, but born in, in England. And, um, we, we've, we've, uh, you know, now established a great partnership with, uh, with his, uh, Portugal.net website. And, uh, like I said, right for the last three years, it's, it's been just, you know, Portugal and the national team. That's, that's my passion. It's my number one. Sure. Sure, uh, no, I know I this is, this is just for, this is the Spurs podcast, but obviously, you know, Spurs are, are my number one team in the EPL, but, 
when it comes down to football, Portugal is number one. My, my solo song is my number one. And I just wanted to find a way to express that in a medium that I absolutely love. I have a background in radio. I have a ba- background in broadcasting. And it kind of just fell uh, fell into uh, uh, some, uh, some symbiosis here uh, a few years back. And uh, we've had great success, um, you know, in the States, in Canada, in the UK, Australia, and um, – I'll never, I'll never fully understand how someone can be listening to me go on and on about the Portuguese national team from all the way across the world. It's one of the great things about this, uh, about podcasting and, and about doing the, the video stuff. And, um, it's something I really look forward to. And it's not as, uh, you know, it, it's, it's as, as niche as football podcasts can be. National team football podcasts are about as niche as it gets. So I've had a yeah, little bit yeah. of a, of a break in the, uh, since the, uh, since the Euros, but we're looking forward to, uh, I mean, national team uh, soccer and football once again at the uh, at the end of this month and uh, the beginning of September. Excellent. Well, thanks for that. It's a really good introduction to the podcast. And uh, as I said, we'll put the link to the podcast and the YouTube channel in our description so anybody wants to check it out, please do check it out. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you, um, let's talk about Tottenham now. What do you think about the new signings? So QT Romero, uh, Brian Hill, and Pierluigi Gallini. What's your views on the signings that we've made? Well, uh, let's go with the the most recent in terms of of Romero. I mean, I, I mean, right? It, it was almost one of the the, the breaking points of uh, Lionel Messi's stay at Barcelona. So I guess yeah. uh, what, I guess uh, on the surface uh, you can look at that and be like, all right, if Messi wanted this guy, he's got to be something special. And you know, to to be the the center back and defender of the year um, in the Serie A is is no small task as defensive of a of a league as that league can be. Um, he had a great showing in the Copa America uh, for Argentina. And I think it's a great move for him personally at the right time. He's, he's definitely capitalizing on the success that he's had uh, at Syria and on the national team level for, uh, for Argentina. But, um, you know, especially playing in, in, uh, in Nuno's, uh, you know, three back system. I think if you put him right in the middle of that, he can, he can flourish as uh, as the center back that, uh, quite frankly, we've needed in the last uh, couple of years at uh, at Tottenham. So I think it's a tremendous signing for him um, and for the club. Uh, Brian Heal, um, you know, I, I saw him a little bit during the Olympics. Was my first like real um, exposure to him as a player. Um, you know, he, he quite nearly uh, won the gold medal for for Spain uh, with, with that rocket that hit the, that hit the post. Um, against brazil uh but i you know he's all kinds of exciting and i think it's i think i think expectations need to be a little tempered a little bit given that his he, he's coming you know he's so young but he's so explosive but uh i think um you know not having much of an off season because he went right from la liga to the olympics yeah, yeah. um i i think that uh you know expectations for him especially early on could be a little tempered and should be anyway but in, in terms of potential i think he he could be a, a wing player, especially in this uh, in the three four three and a three five two that Nuno likes to play, that could absolutely flourish uh, in uh, in London and um, in terms of the uh, the goalkeeping uh, the goalkeeper with I, I don't even want to call him by his name I just want to call him the rapper because yeah, I mean let's, rapper, let's, let's, let's 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 go with that but yeah uh, you know it's you know it it'll be interesting to see what. How much? How much time he actually gets? Given that Hugo Lloris is still, um, well, one I of the think, still at the top of his game. 
One of the questions I have for you, Danny, is he just going to be a guy to play in the second-tier games like the cup competitions, etc., or is he going to be a real challenger to Lloris for that number one spot? Is he going to put some pressure on Lloris now? I think he definitely needs to play the, the cup matches uh, just, just to stay sharp, absolutely. Yep. Um, and I think based off of those, you can see, and, and based off of uh, Hugo's uh, performance in, in, in the Premier League, I, I think that it could very well open up to be a, a competition, uh, but yep. I think that's both. That's going to be both uh, based on both uh, the the players there. I I, I still think Hugo Lloris has has uh, a lot of football left in him, and I think he still has a lot of football left in him at Spurs if he wants to be there. Yep. Um, but uh, but but we shall see. But uh, but but you know, Giolini is, is I think a a a lot. I think it's good business. You know, it's it's on a loan, uh, very low fee. If if, if he makes yeah, ex- uh, yeah. appearances, I think it's like fifteen million. Yeah, it's and a great uh, business. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's good business, absolutely. Yep. And in terms of our potential signings, we're talking about Lautaro Martinez, Pau Torres is now being spoken about, Vlahovic, all these guys. You know, I'll come to Harry Kane later, just quickly. But w- what do you think about these potential signings we're looking at? And do, do you think there's any other players we should be looking at? Well, you know, you, you mentioned Harry Kane later, but I think it all has to do with Harry Kane. Yeah, for these signings to happen, I think, you know, I mean, I, I, you know, from everything that I've read uh, with, with Martinez at Inter, an agreement in terms of a fee was agreed to. I don't think personals were agreed to yet, but a fee was agreed to. Then Lukaku, uh, you know, signs and, and heads over to Chelsea. So Inter may not be as hard up financially as they were prior to the Lukaku signing. I still think from everything I've read, uh, that in terms of finances, Inter is still hurting a little bit. So yep. an injection of sixty million, um, and I don't, I don't know if those pounds or euros, but I mean, but whatever the the amount is, I think an injection of that magnitude for that club, given um, the state of the finances in Italian football, um, I think might be something that they're going to still have to, they'll still have to consider. Um, but I think for, I think that would be my number one target in terms of, you know, whether Harry Kane goes or not. But what do you think uh, but, is going to happen with Harry Kane? Because the latest we've heard, Danny, is that City are going to come back after the match on Sunday with a 120 million plus add-ons, which will bring it up to about 150, 160, and they expect Kane to go. So, what do you, what's your view? Do you think he should go or should he stay? Or you know, what should we do? Well, you know, Ray, I'll, I'll answer uh, your question with with a question. Do you think Harry Kane should play this weekend? I personally, if I was Harry Kane, I wouldn't want to play because if I get injured, then my, my, my move is off. So, and I don't think he's match fit. I mean, how many, how much time has he had for training? And, you know, really to, to, for him to play against a team he p- could potentially join, I think there's too many th- issues in there. I wouldn't play him at all. I don't think his head is in the right space either. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you there. And in, in terms of match fitness, it, it, it'll, it'll say a lot to me about, about Harry Kane in terms of where his head's at. You know, you know, going back to the the Champions League final, he probably shouldn't have set no, shouldn't have foot on the pitch. But you know, the 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 want to and and you you applaud the the want and the and the and the wanting to be part of that, but he shouldn't have been there. He's not injured at the moment. Um, he does have a a, a career changing um, opportunity probably ahead of him here. Uh, I, I think I think the money's been ridiculous in terms of uh, of not pulling uh, not not pulling the trigger. So I say, you, I think if, you know, you mentioned Lukaku, I think he has to sell more for Lukaku in Daniel Levy's mind. Mm. But the thing is, if Lukaku's nearly 100 million, Kane's got to be 120, 130 million, surely. I, I think, I think outside of, I think outside of Lukaku and outside of, um, 
who, who am I missing here in terms of strikers? Uh, I'm blanking. Lewandowski. Thank you. I was, I was, I was, I'm all Bayern Munich. I couldn't remember his name. I mean, is but there? He's 34 is there, now. Yeah. So yeah, but is there Erling Haaland as well? There's Brett Erling Brett Haaland. Yeah. Yeah, and, I mean, but is there a better striker in the world? When I don't fully think there's a better striker than Harry, no, Kane? Than Harry Kane. No, I, I don't think so, so either. So yeah. uh, I think he has to go for top dollar. Yeah, I agree. Um, with you, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, top money there. So it'll be interesting to see. My expectation is that by the end of this month, we'll see Harry Kane in Man City colors. And I personally don't think he's playing this weekend. Uh, and we probably have seen him uh, for the last time in his first shirt. Yeah, I agree with you. Which players do you think we need to move on? Now, there's a lot of talk about so-called Deadwood that needs to be moved on. I could tell you who I think, but I want to hear it from you. Who do you think are the players we need to get out of this club? Uh, I think I, I love Tongi, but it's, it's, now a, 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 it's now come to a point where um, is he going to make it is he a Premier League midfielder? And when he's on, he's not only a Premier League midfielder, but I think he's one of the best, you know, midfielders at his position in his role uh, in in the world. Um, to me, it says a lot that he wasn't part of the French team at the Euros. And I, I know he's, I know he just had uh, had his uh, had a child, probably his first child, uh, I believe, is what I read. But uh, I think he's a guy that if if business needs to be done. He could be someone that, and we're never. I don't think we're going to recoup the money that we the, that we had spent on him uh, a few years back. But I think you could definitely um, you could definitely sell him for maybe thirty, forty, and and use that and use that money for uh, to fill some other holes. And another player for me, um, you know, I have nothing against Harry Winks, but I I think he's I think he's just he's part of the extra that he's a cup player for us now. I don't think he's. A, and every a day in and day out uh, midfielder, given who's ahead of him, um, and, and I just think that if if Spurs could somehow turn him into uh, a, a good sale, I think it would benefit both him and the and, and the club as well. So those two right off uh, right off the bat. And uh, what about and, the sad group? We've got a group here called the Sad Group. What do you think of them? Sissoko, Aurier, and Dyer. You know, I I have I have this conversation with my godson about Sissoku. Uh, he he looks like he's when the ball is at his feet, he looks like he's on roller skates. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, it just I've I've never understood the appeal. Um, I mean, he's, he's an he's, athlete. He's a real athlete. He, the box yeah, to box, yeah, yeah. And I've I've always thought give I always I never thought he was a great midfielder. I always thought that the the experiment with him should should always have been at right back. I think yeah. he could have been a a great right back if given the the opportunity to develop there, but um, yeah, Sissoku, um, Aurier. I think Aurier, I think he wants to go, doesn't he? He wants to go, but this is the perfect system for him. Yeah. You know, it's a force. Well, it and depends. I, we'll come on to that, but I don't know what system he's going to play. He's played four four two in the friendlies. Is he really going to go to three five two? We can talk about that. But in terms of what about Eric Dyer? He's really got. A, I know he's Portuguese, sort of half. <laughs> you love him because he speaks Portuguese, but do you think he should stay? Because he's got always got a mistake in him, hasn't he? And Sanchez as well. Yeah, I think if I had to choose one to stay, uh, I would I would keep Sanchez simply because yeah. I think Eric Dyer flourished in that defensive midfielder role um, a few years back, and I know that um, you know yeah, Hoiberg is, is now there, um, and I think and Skip as well. Yeah, and Skip, and I'm very excited about Oliver Skip. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, his potential in, in our midfield. But if I had to choose one uh, to, to keep, I would keep Sanchez. Um, 
But if uh, again, it's all about business with Daniel Levy, and and if yeah, you can if you can if you can get if you can get the business done for one or both of those players uh, and get a good return, uh, I think you should definitely at least at the very least entertain that possibility. Okay, cool, excellent. That's really good, um, Danny. Now oh, I need to call you Pedro Pinto there because you know the guy who does the UEFA stuff is Pedro Pinto. So I need to call you Pedro. So my apologies. Yeah, you know well, that guy? Probably, probably a very distant cousin on the family tree there. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> so now I'm going to ask you, what is your starting eleven for the team on Sunday against Manchester City? Give us your starting eleven. All right, I would go with uh, I'd go with Yoris in the back. Uh, I would go. I would go with a with a I'm going. I know that he's played a four-four-two in, in the uh, in, in the preseason, but I, I just think this team is much better and much better suited if they go um, if they go with a three-four-three uh, or even a three-five-two. I'll, I'll give you a three-five-two um, the formation here. So I'll go with the Davies um, Romero if healthy because uh, I know he's got a knock uh, from uh, from Copa America, but uh, if not him. Um, Let's say Romero's not available. I go Davies. Let's, let's say let's say Romero's available because he okay. said he's legal. So we've got Davies left back. Are you playing a uh, middle three of, of centre backs? Is that correct? Yeah, I'll go. I'll go Davies, Romero, and Rodon in the back. Um, I'll go with Reggie on the left uh, on the left mm-hmm. uh, wing back. Uh, mm-hmm. Doherty on the right. Um, I'll go Hoiberg and uh, Oliver Skip and Lacelso in the middle, and then I would put uh, I would put Sonny and uh, and Lucas um, uh, uh, up top. I think okay. I think I think uh, Lucas Mora has been rejuvenated in uh, working with uh, working with uh, Nuno, and I think uh, Nuno's way of football uh, can definitely benefit uh, a player like uh, Lucas Mora uh, for sure. Yep. And um, what's your predict- score prediction for Sunday? Well, I mean, City's in, City's a shambles because they don't have the best striker in the world. So I'm gonna say. Five one Spurs. No, uh, <laughs> uh, you know what? They've yet to they've yet to beat us in the new stadium. Uh, so uh, I think you know the one thing about uh, a Nuno Espirito Santo team is that first season with the club is usually their most successful in terms of finishing uh, in, in terms of the standings. But uh, I think that he's got this team believing where uh, where the rest of the majority don't, and and that's a strong uh, and dangerous feeling to have, considering you have the 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 champions of last season coming to your stadium. So, I do think Spurs will start the season with the with the victory. I do think it'll be a two one victory. Oh, wow, uh, excellent! I think uh, I think Sunny and um, let's go with uh, you know let's go with a a, a road on header off of a corner. Okay. For uh, okay. for for that second one, I, you know, let's get crazy to start this yeah, season. Yeah, yeah, that's why not. If, we, if, we, if you don't have dreams, how they're going to come true? So yeah, absolutely right. So, so two one to Tottenham, excellent. Now the last final question for you, um, Danny, is um, overall in a season prediction for Tottenham. What are we going to do? Where are we going to finish for the season? You know, I again, as I mentioned with with uh, Nuno's first season, really um, with with the club. Um, I think the team will be fit. I think the team will fight. I think the team will will not stop for 90 minutes. Um, how that all translates when you are in four competitions, um, you, you have to look at your depth. Uh, I still think there are signings to be made um, solely for, for depth's sake. Um, but if they buy in, 
And if, if they can stay relatively healthy, which has been an issue for Spurs in the last yep. few seasons, uh, I, I would say, you know, um, best case scenario, I think they, they're a top four team. They could be. Uh, the realistic side of me says that uh, we're we're going to be fighting for that last Champions League spot, Europa League spot, um, you know, the Euro- European Conference, whatever that yeah. turns out Europa to be. Conference League, yeah, yeah. But uh, but uh, yeah, I would say I would say if we're going to be right in that top six, top six uh, fight, uh, probably on the bottom side of the top six. Okay. Okay. Yeah, four, five, six. I think is where we're 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 gonna. I, sh- I think should be the expectations anyway. And are we playing a Portuguese team next week in the first yeah. round? Bas can, you tell us, can you tell us a bit about that team or not? Um, I'll I'll do my best. <laughs> I mean, Bas is uh, you know they're not Benfica, Sporting, or Porto. They're not Braga, but uh, I would I would call them uh, you know second to third tier uh, in, in Portugal. Usually uh, finishing in the top uh, in the top half of the uh, uh, of each league or uh, of each season. Um, so they. You know, I, I don't see them giving Spurs issues, um, but they're you know they're not bottom feeders in the league either. So uh, the number one thing is to respect the uh, the opponent always, no matter where they're from, uh, but also uh, be able to impose your will on them when the opportunity arises. So I definitely think Port- or I definitely think uh, Spurs will, will get through there, um, but uh, but respect needs to be needs to be given to any and all opponents. So. Okay, excellent. And before we finish, Danny, what we do is we ask all our fans to give a "Come on, you Spurs" in the native language. So, can you give us a "Come on, you Spurs" in Portuguese? Vamos, Spurs! Excellent, mate. Excellent. Listen, Danny, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Um, hopefully, we'll get you on the channel again during the season. It'd be great to get your thoughts and everything like that. And um, you know, everybody, please, if you like the content, please give us a like. Please subscribe. Go and check over Danny's content as well. Subscribe to his channel. And we'll see you on the next podcast. This is Ray from London. And uh, Danny, thank you very much. Goodbye and uh, take care. And we'll see you on the next podcast. Cheers, guys. Thank you very much. You've been listening to the Spurs 9501 podcast. Stay in touch, continue the debate, and let us know what you want to discuss by finding us on YouTube. Tune in after the next match day for more insight. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Spurs 9501 podcast. Stay in touch, continue the debate, and let us know what you want to discuss by finding us on YouTube. Tune in after the next match day for more insight. Thanks for listening.